You're listening to Travel Inspired with Cambria Hotels, a podcast designed to ignite creativity and inspire travel through conversations with the creators who inspire us most. Let us help you plan your next getaway. Hello, this is Janice Cannon with Cambria Hotels. Thank you for joining us today for season two, episode two of Travel Inspired with Cambria Hotels. We've got an exciting session today with Leah Rosovsky, who is the director of the Boston Anthenaeum. This series this year is all about finding your inspiration. And so we'll be talking with Leah to get her personal and professional perspective around what causes her and creates inspiration for her and how she feels about how travel really inspires creativity as well and about her role as the director of the Boston Anthenaeum. And if you haven't been there yet, it is probably one of the most inspired spaces that you'll ever visit. So Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely my pleasure. I'm very happy to be here. Well, we're really excited to talk about a few different topics, including creative expression, lifetime learning, and what really inspires you. But first, let's learn a little bit more about you, and can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Well, as you said, I'm Leah Rusovsky, and I'm the director of the Boston Athenaeum, and I am the Stanford Calderwood director of the Athenaeum, and actually there's a great story in that uh, in and of itself. Stanford Calderwood was an executive at Polaroid, the very big uh, camera, depending on the age of your readers. They, they may or may not remember, but Polaroids were a very, very innovative camera technology in the uh, 60s and 70s, and he eventually went on and became the head of WGBH, which is the Boston area public television station that many people may know because of the Julia Child uh, cooking shows and because of Masterpiece Theater. And he was really the executive when all of those things were introduced. And he and his wife went on to be very big philanthropic supporters of a lot of different arts and culture organizations in the Boston area, including the Athenaeum. One of the things I love about that connection with the Calderwoods is that there's really this line going through Boston's history of Boston as a center for arts and creativity and research and science and education and all of this kind of energy around those things. So I always enjoy that part of the title. Well, part of taking on the role at the Boston Anthenaeum You were also at Harvard, as I understand it, for a little while. And as a VP of Strategies and Programs, you helped to establish the Harvard Global Institute. And I know since you were very, very young, you've been a traveler, spending lots of times on planes. And I think we're originally from Japan. And so creating the Global Institute was probably kind of a natural part of giving back and bringing that creativity as well. So between the Boston Anthenaeum and that work, tell us a little bit about your childhood and about how you view travel and creativity. Sure. Well, you know, travel was very much a part of my childhood. As you said, I actually was born in Japan. I take no credit for that. My father was an academic and that was his field. His field was Japan. And I was born kind of along the way. For us, uh, that was a very big part of, of our lives. We lived in different parts of the world and traveled a great deal when I was young and it is absolutely still one of my favorite favorite things to do. I think there's nothing more exciting than being in another culture and another place and I think it helps you 
understand the world in in such uh, nuanced ways. And even beyond that, I love going to a museum in a new place. I love walking the streets in a new place. I love eating the different kinds of food. I love the way people look at the world in different ways. And, and so for me, travel is one of my absolutely favorite activities. I love that because travel is the great teacher or the great educator. And some of the things you hit on there that are really important, you know, about how travel can open minds. It also can um, develop cultural empathy, which is really critical more so now than ever. And it also helps us to understand the world, you know, through the lens of individuals and, and being there in, in like real time and having that connectivity. We really have those aspects of this beautiful physical environment that our visitors walk into and I think really do find deeply inspiring. And also it provides, I think, a place and a moment where people can sometimes stop and pause and you know when you're traveling you often do a lot of running around to different things and I think there's something about the Athenaeum that inspires this kind of moment of peace for people. That's so true. I had the uh, pleasure of visiting the Jewel, the Boston Athenaeum in November of last year and it was the first time as many times as I've been to Boston I had never been there and when I walked in I literally found that peace that you're speaking about and I also found restoration uh, because being surrounded by art and literature, whether it was paintings or sculpture or the volumes of books or magazines or the architecture of the building, you just really had a sense of like reverence and restoration at the same time. And I think that that's one of the most beautiful things because our lives have truly been extremely busy over the last year as we kind of found the new norm based on the pandemic and finding those areas for respite where you can um, be inspired and you can really activate that part of your brain that might not have been as active over the last 12 months when we've kind of been in a survival mode. So tell me a little bit about the building itself and a little more about the Boston Athenaeum and how it does that through the collection and through the um, architecture. So the building was opened in 1849. We're located right across the street from Boston's also quite beautiful State House, right near the Boston Common and actually very near the Park Street tea stops. And the Athenaeum really does three things. We have we have three strands to what we do, and they're they're really braided together very tightly. Um, the first is that we're a we're a library. We lend books to people. We uh, provide all of the research library services. So we're a traditional uh, lending library and we also have very important special collections that range through a huge variety of things when you walk into the building that's what you see first is you see our some of our remarkable art collections and our remarkable sculpture which is all over the building uh, in addition to that we have very important historical records in areas around for example civil war history boston history we have uh, newspapers new england history we have diaries we have letters and the third thing that we do is we really are a cultural center we have regular 
as often as two, three, four times a week, events that are open to the public and that are designed to promote the arts and humanities and conversations about the arts and humanities and about ideas and about books. Those are really the critical pieces to what we do. We have regular um, exhibits that, uh, that change. Right now, for example, we have a wonderful exhibit of travel posters from the 20s and 30s, these uh, beautiful Art Deco train posters that you sometimes see. We have a collection of those that are up, but we also have parts of our permanent collection. We have several sergeants up. We have pictures by Alan Rohan Kreit, who was a Boston area black painter, very important 20th century black Boston painter, contemporary artwork. So we really have a whole sort of set of experiences that, that people can have when they come into the building. Yes, and what you were saying about the building itself, about the light that is there, it really does have a sense of space and a sense of place. And at Cambria, we do the same with our hotels. We try to make each hotel feel like it's part of the neighborhood where it's located, that it's really woven into the fabric and has a story to tell. I remember when I was there in November, you have all these beautiful spaces that also are like little cocoons. There are little nooks and places where you can go, but then there are also larger spaces like the reading room of the library. But in this one area, looking out over the green space and the natural light was coming in, there was a woman reading a book and she was in an oversized leather chair. And I remember peeking in and as I looked in, I, I almost thought it was a, a painting, you know, another beautiful painting there at the Boston Anthenaeum. So it's wonderful that you have all of those spaces. But in addition to natural light, the other thing that I really enjoyed and appreciated is I found that there was also light in terms of the collection, whether it was art or literature, that oftentimes people think of art and you know culture as being very serious, that it always has to be very serious. But I found that there was this incredible balance there because of the humor that was associated with the um, little bit of art that was there. So I love the fact that it's both serious in one sense, but very much balanced with wit and humor and some lightheartedness that is, you know, very much a part of it as well. Well, Janice, I have to tell you, your description of the woman reading in the light and the overstuffed leather chair is practically the quintessential Boston Athenaeum experience. To see somebody actually enjoying the tactical connection again with books and paper and and all of that versus just the world that we've lived in recently that's been so dependent almost completely on technology bringing us together and that was another image that really stuck with me as well boston has always been the center of of creativity and what we've done at our hotel there in boston in south boston the cambria is we've taken some of those authors and brought some of their writings to life around columns in the hotel that are done in graffiti. So versus being in the traditional or more serious way, they're done in a way that's very modern and relevant for today. So as part of the library, what does this city's rich literary history mean to you personally? So the Athenaeum was really founded by a group of Bostonians at the beginning of the 1800s who wanted to make sure that 
Boston participated in this growing sense of culture and literature and thought that was starting to happen in, in this very young country. So it's been a part of who we are since the very beginning. Boston is also a, a cradle of higher education. And so that, that role of ideas is very much a part of what the city has always been. And the Athenaeum has been a place for uh, all sorts of different writers. You know, you, you mentioned Louisa May Alcott. She actually uh, borrowed uh, books from uh, the Athenaeum. She wasn't a member, but she had borrowing privileges there. And we have a record of some of the books that she borrowed. And it's really quite wonderful because you can see in these giant ledgers that we have from the 1800s, they're leather covered. And in the librarian's kind of copper plate handwriting, you, you see the entries. And she was reading things like Trollope and very sort of high-minded. And then lots of kind of what Penny Dreadfuls, um, junk literature of the day. Because, of course, in the beginning of her career, she was writing to make money. And so she was writing stories like that. So it's it's a wonderful thing to, to be able to see that. I actually got to hold one of those books. Oh, so, did you? Yes, wonderful. That Louisa yeah. May Alcott had actually... <laughs> checked out when when I was there back in November. It was part of the rare collection that was on display. That's the other thing that just amazed me is some of the things that were on display there as part of the rare collection and some of the things that we saw as we were, you know, going throughout the beautiful building there is how accessible they are. And I saw very young people that were there that were actually able to turn the pages of books that might have been from the 1500s. And so there's something about that as well that really brings to life not only literature itself, but brings to life all of history, you know, to be able to actually touch it and feel it. And I think that that's very rare because as we know, so often things are on display, but they're behind glass and they're not necessarily accessible. And that's something very special that you all do as well. We care a great deal about connecting our collections to all sorts of people. It's it's something that our members get to do, but it's also something that anybody can come and do, whether they're a member or not. And on that, you also have quite an educational program. Can you tell us a little bit more about the education and curriculum offered there? Yeah, so we, like many organizations, uh, really went through a very real change when the pandemic hit. You know, we had done very little virtually up until that point and turned on a dime um, and started doing a great deal of virtual programming. And we have really learned a lot and been thrilled by the response that we've gotten to it. So as people get out and, and get back on the road and are ready to travel, They've had their vaccines. There's been approval as it relates to rules and regs at the local, state, or federal level that it's okay and safe for them to travel. And so as we think about that, what kind of inspiration or what kind of needs do you think people really have as they transition back into the return to old, but also the return to new in many ways? What do you think are some of that, maybe the, the needs or the insights that you think travelers and people are going to have as they get back out? Well, I mean, I think that it's it's a, I think we will all look at these things with a great deal more appreciation than we ever have in the past, right? I think for all of us, it's been so long 
since we've been able to, you know, you mentioned seeing friends and family, and that, that I think, is the beginning for so many of us, is, is being able to gather and, you know, to, to hug grandma and grandpa again, right? I think for so many people, that's, that's probably where all of this starts. And I think for people who have been separated by distance from, from family, I think it's been an incredibly difficult period. I, I think beyond that, though, we will all travel again with a great deal more appreciation for just how lucky we are to be able to be in these beautiful spaces and to either experience favorites again or see things for the first time. I I think that's just gonna be a very powerful moment for, for all of us. I think about this on a regular basis because I'm going into the, the Athenaeum, um, unlike many people I know, I'm, I'm actually working in my office at the Athenaeum and when I walk in, I walk in every day and look at the building and look at the art and, and look at all the books. I'm a voracious reader and I just, I love getting to be surrounded by books. And I, I think every day about how lucky I am to get to be in that space. I think you're so right that it really is gonna be about appreciation and gratitude. I think when our lives have so often gotten so busy, it's easy to forget about those things. And even though our lives have been very busy in a different way, learning new technology, homeschooling, working from home, how do you go about ordering online and getting your groceries and some of those kind of things and staying in touch with your family and friends, I think one of the great things that has come out of the pandemic is this change and that all of us appreciate the freedom of being able to walk outside, uh, being able to have that dinner. I know many times in the corporate world, it used to be, oh gosh, we've got another dinner tonight, or I've got another reception tonight. I'll never look at those things that way again. <laughs> It'll always be, I've got a dinner tonight, yay. I've got a reception tonight, yay. I can't wait to see who I'm gonna meet or what they have to, what they have to say and uh, what they have to offer. So Leah, in wrapping up, I just wanna first of all say thank you so much and thank you for sharing your insights, your thoughts, and your beautiful place and space that you have there in the Boston Athenaeum. I'm so looking forward to being able to get back to Boston and come back for another visit and spend time restoring and being inspired in those wonderful spaces and viewing your incredible collection that you have there. And so anything you'd like to say in closing or anything you'd like to share with our listeners before we sign off? Well, Janice, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about the Athenaeum. It's one of my absolutely favorite things to get to do. And I would just say, we can't wait to see you back in Boston. And I would say the same thing to your listeners. We can't wait to see them back in Boston and we would welcome the opportunity to share the Athenaeum with them. So thank you. Thank you so much. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you all soon. Excellent. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Travel Inspired with Cambria Hotels. We hope you're feeling inspired to plan your next getaway, explore a new destination, or rediscover local attractions in your own backyard. Visit choicehotels.com Cambria to book your next adventure. We look forward to seeing you soon at Cambria Hotels.